Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, sponsors. Tops, Panini, Upper Deck, Heritage Auctions, so the Scott Auctions, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, CompC.com, and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. Today's MLK Day. It's January 16th, 2024, third Monday in January, a postal holiday, a banking holiday, and uh, it could be a snow holiday in Dallas. And this is uh, actually uh, Sunday evening uh, for the released tomorrow morning. An amazing guy, Martin Luther King Jr. I think it's important to live up to your name. I certainly have tried to live up to my name. It was my dad's name and my grandfather's name, and he's fathered before and as far back as uh, we can trace. And maintain that legacy is an important thing. And so if you name your son Martin Luther anything, that you're evoking memories from back five centuries ago, that Martin Luther, the original Martin Luther, was the great reformer from 1500, the original protester against the establishment, seeking reformation. If you're born into a name like that, and actually it was Martin Luther King's dad, because he was a junior. And if your last name is King, well, what are we going to say about that? Again, you try to speak into being or live up to your name. If you're a king, then act kingly, act like a benevolent king, at least. Uh, so Martin Luther King certainly felt he had a mandate on his life to try to make a difference, make the world a better place. As a junior, I'm a third. My dad was the junior. I was the third. And a lot of times that goes to firstborn sons and just that legacy. You got Vlad Guerrero Jr., you got Ronald Acuna Jr., many others, Ken Griffey Jr. It sounds like if you're the junior, of course, all of those had players, especially in the first and last cases, that were really outstanding dads. I don't think Ronald Acuna's dad was a great player. I think he was a minor leaguer, as I recall. But Dr. Jing, one of his fam most famous quote, the I have a dream speech, is I have a dream, and I'm paraphrasing it, that his children one day will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. They're, it's it's hard to be against that. I, I, I want to judge people by the co content of their character and not by their politics or by their uh, religion or by their other kinds of uh, tastes or preferences uh, that may be different from mine, but the content of their character. I generally get along well with people that are people of high character, I guess, who doesn't. The interesting thing I was thinking about is that in the sense of that quote is that I have a dream <laughs> that cards will not just be judged by the color <laughs> of the cards. I think a lot of times the, the background color of the cards, the parallels, it's the same card, like Victor Roman was saying, that you've got the basic model of the car, but then these uh, parallels are like the additional options that you can get, but it's basically the same car. And so his lament is that not enough respect goes to all cards, all rookie cards, and beginning with the uh, base rookie. So uh, I'm hoping in my lifetime that, again, you can have preferences. There's nothing wrong with that. All people are created equal and all cards are created equal in the sense of putting ink on paper, on cardboard, or whatever the surface is. But some have different attributes, so they're not all going to always come out with the same value. But anyway, I just think cards ought to be judged on their own merits, just like people. But I'm wondering, I don't think anybody's ever done a black PMG. I think that would be so dramatic. Maybe it'd be a one of one. I don't know that the ink is a problem. The red really pops. The green really pops. The purple pops. But black would be very dramatic. Just a thought for Upper Deck, I think, has an opportunity to do some of those things. When I'm doing these podcasts and I get uh, listener responses, a lot of the responses I get, I know the person. I either know them because I've done an episode with them, I've known them for a long time, or I see them at shows. There's all different kinds of uh, ages, stages, and ethnicities in, uh, in those of I know. But there's a bunch of them I don't know. 
And it, it doesn't matter to me. I, I'm not checking what political party they are or what religion they are or what uh, race or ethnicity they are. Uh, sometimes you think you can tell by the name or their handle, but I, I, don't, I don't think it really matters. I'm going to judge by the content of if they write me something that's interesting, I'm going to try to respond to it. I want everybody to be welcome in our hobby and I just really believe in equal opportunity. I think people ought to get a chance. In fact, people ought to get a second chance. I don't think it's one strike and you're out to, to bar from baseball. People can make mistakes, but they need to make good on their mistakes and they can still be my friend. But you, you shouldn't presume that your first impression is the whole story. You shouldn't ignore your first impression, but it's almost always not the whole story. If a 10-year-old boy or girl walks up to your table or is next to you at a show, you may have an impression there, or it's a 90-year-old person that's walking very slowly, or somebody in a wheelchair, or a woman, or somebody with a very different ethnicity that you don't even know what it is. Again, give them a chance. See, go a little deeper. See what they have to offer. You may broaden your horizons and give you a chance to learn something about a different part of the world or a different part of experience. If you talk to somebody in a wheelchair, the view is very different being in a wheelchair. And it's pretty humbling when I'm walking around able-bodied. That's a real challenge. But many of the interactions I have are online, which really allows for anonymity. And I think that anonymity or the beat to be anonymous, I don't think people should hide behind that. But sometimes it gives people a chance to get to know them without seeing what the cut of their cloth or what they look like or what they sound like. They're just keyboarding. I look at our culture, and it's no different in our hobby. We have political divides, racial divides, religious divides. Which is worse? They, they all can be bad if they get very destructive and demonizing. Most people that are different are different in some respect. But if you show me somebody that's a different race from me, but they have the same politics and the same religion, I think I'm going to have a problem with that at all. Uh, now, if they have a different religion and they're militant about it, or a different politics and militant about it, then Again, like I said, I don't care what race they are. I want to learn something, but if I'm learning from somebody that has a different viewpoint than me, I like that. I, I don't like having things crammed down my throat. I'm looking for a point of connection, which is exactly what we do in the hobby. Is that If two people are both vintage collectors, again, probably doesn't even matter what their politics or religion is. They both love vintage cars. They both love hockey, or they're both uh, Michael Jordan or LeBron James collectors or whoever. That point of connection transcends racial and probably any other difference. One of the things Dr. King was known for was peaceful demonstration and civil disobedience. One of the original just say no guys, uh, the, probably the ultimate in deferred gratification is not living to see many of the changes that he sought. So he mastered that. And, and deferred gratification in our industry, in our hobby is, I think, in short supply. But it really is a life skill. If you're a young person listening to this, uh, it's related to uh, patience. Some people think patience is a muscle that you can uh, work out and increase. And some people think it's a reservoir, which you're gradually depleting. It's probably a little bit of both. I believe it's related to willpower. I see two different kinds of willpower. I call them first bite and second bite. My wife can take one bite of something. If she likes it, she can just stop. I can't. Once I start, I'm going to finish. So if I take the first bite, I'm gone. She can take the first bite and stop. I can't. That's applicable to me at the dollar box and probably the nature of my personality. Once I get into something, I really want to finish. Once I get into a dollar box or I'm at the show, I really want to see 
If, even if it's quickly, if I go to a museum, I want to see the whole museum. I may go very quickly, but I want to see everything. I think there's a spectrum, not uh, autism spectrum, but deferred gratification, different degrees from having no patience <laughs> all the way to so much patience that it's until death do you part. But if you think of having an unopened box, this is how you know how long will it be until you open the box to see what you've got or just open one pack. And if you do open one pack, like I say, first bite or second bite, can you stop after opening one? pack. I had a sweater one time that I really thought was great. I got it and I thought, I'm going to save it for, I deferred my gratification to wear it for a special occasion. And I, I looked up and I, a year or two went by and I never worn the sweater that I really liked. And I went to wear it and it had a moth hole in it. Don't defer gratification unreasonably. Some things are good to defer for a while. Most of the items that I think I'm going to have the rest of my life, I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm in the last third of my life. I'm selling 1% a month. Eventually, I'm going to sell a lot of this stuff. And so that's a form of deferred gratification. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed the item, but it's time to release it. The just say no in the industry, there's, I don't think, ever going to be a union of collectors or dealers, or there's never really successfully been an association that could speak in solidarity. But if there were to be something like that, there are sometimes some items or products or services that many people think are priced too high or companies are not doing what they promised. And if enough people stood with you, the prices would come down eventually or, or the service would improve uh, eventually. And like I say, hopefully in your lifetime. When I started in this hobby, Martin Luther King Jr. was still alive. Card shows were mainly a bunch of old white guys. I, I was one of the young guys. And sometimes wives were there helping or keeping them company, but it's mostly a bunch of old white guys. And I'm so pleased. It's great that the hobby has evolved in this more inclusive way. And we're going to be seeing the hobby 10Xing. And what if it only 5Xs? There is an intention, intentionality by fanatics and others to grow the industry, to grow the hobby. And whether it's 5X or 10X or double, if it was 2X, I believe most likely that's going to mean even greater diversity, and I welcome that. And I'm wondering if in this 10Xing, if there's any marketing segmentation with respect to the industry marketing efforts. Uh, for example, the same uh, appeal to uh, the lowest hanging fruit, I believe, are returners, those who were collectors back in the day. And uh, they probably have some muscle memory. They get it. But they probably have to unlearn some of the way that it used to be because it's not that way anymore. Uh, on the other hand, there's a bunch of sharp uh, younger people that have gotten in that uh, with low barriers to entry. And they can see from their friends and from a quick study of the industry that there are rewards for entrepreneurial energy in this hobby slash industry. And so I think all kinds of people are going to be coming into the industry and they may look different in appearance, but not really in substance. And so I think that's the great news. And I think it's what Dr. King wanted. He wanted a, a colorblind society in the right kind of way. It's okay to notice that somebody looks different than you, but to give them a chance, give them a second chance to find out how you could benefit from their perspective. Always be welcoming to new collectors. You don't want half the people to leave and a new half come in. We want to keep the people that have been there for a long time. And we want to add some people and bring back some people. And then we want to add some new people. And that's really what's good for the hobby, but it's also good for the world. Thanks, everybody, on my soapbox today. But it is a political and national holidays. I think the future looks great. And I just hope we, we each do our part to make this hobby a great experience for everybody. See you in two days. The man